podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and thanks once again for downloading another podcast from Glasgow's Green, aka GigPod. I'm Stevie and I have an announcement to make. Rizzo is no more than a nightmare of a co-host as once again he refuses to sort out his Lenin-esque Wi-Fi in a move that is now so ridiculous I believe he's playing up to a gimmick and that's something that this episode's co-host and I use that term very loosely specialises in Spunkphone is back on Gigpod although we've had to get a Zoom call sorted in each block as he's been situated in the anonymous online coward wing doing time for a crime he probably did commit Spunkphone has Callum has Milligan sent his regards yet? He has not, Stevie. Not not directly anyway, but he did do a TikTok earlier um, responding to that age-old question whether he liked Hayley Williams or not. Didn't really give a definitive answer. He just started playing misery business, but I'm going to take that as a yes. Right, well, I've not got involved in this weird beef. As Daniel Glover would say in Lethal Wetham, I'm too old for this shit. Plus, also, I don't want Gigpod to get thrown into any legal disputes when it comes to an inevitable bullying charge, but... <laughs> Let's. I mean, I know you're very comfortable with that type of world. That's the type of guy you are. If Neil Lennon had a Twitter account, Kaz Maligan would be would be small fry, wouldn't he? No, oh, absolutely. If, if he still had a Twitter account, mine back in the day, he used to he used to argue a fair bit with his own supporters on there. But the less said about that, the better, I think. That's right. Of course, he went. You know, he once told me he relax. He once told me to relax after. Was it the UV game? Was it the UV? You could be right. I mean, you you remember on my online escapades better than myself I know you're a long time fan of me before I <laughs> before I packed it in with Twitter but I think it might have been a UV game he just he told me to relax how do you remember that? I have this really really um, faint memory of you and Rizzo discussing it in a podcast about four years ago I don't know why it just stuck out in my mind there well <laughs> going for a drubbing against UV to Ross County is some feat but Lenny boy managed it so let's go right into it Ross County won Celtic now I mean John Hughes literally told everyone who joined into Sky Sports last night how he was going to play and amazingly outwitted Neil Lennon although nowadays that's really no saying much bizarrely <laughs> 24 hours on he's still in a job and lately, I'm actually laughing at this point because it's just, I'm actually laughing for two reasons. One, it's utterly ridiculous. And two, if he is in a job next season, it's going to be some laugh when you kill yourself in a Celtic way. But I mean, he's not going anywhere. He's, he's definitely not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, just regards with the John Hughes thing as well. I mean, he's, he's a decent coach by SPFL standards and, and his record, you know, over time shows that. Um, but it's, it's a sad state of affairs that you're looking at that, you know, Ross County manager and thinking he could probably do a better job than Neil Lennon is doing with a Celtic team. On Aberdeen, I mean, again, focusing on the managers, relative to the resources at their disposal, they're probably the two worst managers in the league at the minute, aren't they? It's, um, it's a sad state of affairs. I mean, as, as you and Rizzo were saying last week, um, they're essentially just playing to decide who's the least worst at the two of them. That it's, it's a sad, sad state of affairs. I'm still angry and I'm raging at it, but you've got it now just, as I say, respect the part at some point of just how worse it seems to be getting this season. It was just funny because Lenin's given it a couple of days beforehand. It's not been an unmitigated disaster at all. And then that result last night, I mean, against the team at the bottom of the league and 
a team that I have watched. I mean, look, in gig pod, we said Celtic were going to win 3-1. It was a comfortable bookie basher, but then it turns out whenever we're wrong in gig pod, it's a work, of course. So honestly, it's just anytime I've watched Ross County, they've been pitiful. They've been so bad. And again, the players they've got at their disposal compared to us, you, you would expect us to comfortably beat them. But see, last night, I'm just wondering about any real lows because for myself, I think it was the fact that Neil Lennon, when I saw that team, a lot of people on social media tend to just go, they moan for the sake of it, despite the fact that if you play, you know, a Yeti or Griffiths up front, you're, you're probably going to get a goal or something, you know, you're going to get a threat there at least. But it was the way that Lennon, Shoehorn, Rogic, Christine Tumble into that team, he omitted a natural striker as if he learned nothing from Ferenc Farrows. Infamously enough, now in the last few games it was individual brilliance that got us over the line, but the team have been limping on generally. For me, that was a real low because it was coming, it was always coming, and despite myself and Needle predicting a glorious win for us, that sort of result wasn't far off because simply we've got a manager who's stuck in the early 2010s in terms of style and personality, and the club bizarrely are just persistent with it. It's this weird sense of loyalty when the team that actually beat us last night sacked her manager despite achieving a great result at Celtic Park in the Cup. So the biggest low for me is the fact that our standards are just one colossal pitfall. It's just so, so gutting to see what's happening. I think um, I think losing, obviously, twice in the one season to two different managers as well, um, to, to the team that, you know, before last night were bought with the league. And as you say, they're, they're not a, a particularly good side. It is a real low point and, and it does just show you exactly where we are and how far we've regressed under Lennon. As you say, I mean, they had a great result against us um, in, in, the, in the Cup at Celtic Park and just showed you there's no room for sentiment in, in football. He was with them as a player as well. Results weren't good enough and, and they pulled the trigger. And there just seems to be this bizarre reluctance from, from those at, at Celtic to, to go and do the same with a manager who's you know, he's, he's an absolute disaster. I remember 2013, I think it was around about March 2013, we lost 3-2 to Ross County. I think Derek Adams was the manager. It was when they were first in the league. We actually drew there early in the season as well, one each that 12-13 season when that was that was typical uh, Lenny ball because like, that was the first season Rangers were down in the third division and I can always remember the standards just completely slipped that season. I know in the 12-13 season, we did get to the last 16 and we were dismantled by Juve. But in Europe in the 11-12 season and in the league, we were gelling. We were playing at the same sort of standard where we were only taking one eye off the ball just to compete in another competition, you know. But in the 12-13 season, it was like all our entire focus was on that Champions League group stage and just qualifying from it. But in the league, it was just like we were going at like 60%. You were seeing guys like Hooper, Ledley, Matthews just out getting steaming every week. Lennon was just alright with it. Lennon was fine with it as long as they were performing on the pitch and they got the result and they got it over the line. In long term, that's just not sustainable. And you saw that season, we ended up with 79 points. It was one of the low, it was the lowest ever. Uh, points amassed by winners. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. I think um, the standards really did just, just go that season. As you say, we had the good run in, in the Champions League, obviously, but I fully remember that term, the, the Champions League hangover that they were using to, to excuse all these poor domestic results, saying, well, we're, we're doing the business in, um, in Europe, you know, to try and paper over the cracks, essentially. I mean, it was, it was showing you just there how easily the standards under Neil Lennon can drop and, and you're spot on in saying he's he's not changed at all. I mean he still sees the game that way, he still treats us like a bowling club. 
we're, we're not just you know no longer going forward under Lennon. I mean, we've regressed massively, and it's it's going to take a, a lot to to undo the damage of this season. And every week, every game that he's still in the job, that the task for whoever's in charge next season just gets bigger and bigger. Last year, round about November, December time, when people were saying, I think Tony from Pod Timms was actually saying it, that Lennon was doing damage just by being there. And I remember thinking, I don't know about that because another manager could come in next season and get more out of these players. But you've got to then wonder what players are actually going to be there next season out of this contingent we've currently got. I think the more Lennon's there, the more that... The players that could be there next season, let's say Odson Edward, let's say Christopher Ayer, you know, let's say even John Joe Kenny, for example, right, who I think is all right, but if he does get better, it's going to be his own personal game. It's nothing to do with the fact that Neil Lennon's brought him on to another level. Neil Lennon will do his absolute best to take that guy backwards. And for these lone players that might be thinking, well, I've enjoyed my time at Celtic, I'd like to go there permanently next season. The longer that Neil Lennon's in charge, they'll be just thinking, do you know what, nah, they can go for themselves because they persisted with that clown for too long. Who are they going to bring in after that? And then all of a sudden, the trust element with these players is already broken because you then look at the players that we're looking to get in or the players that we might have to recruit. And if they're just watching this shit show up here and they're seeing the drivel that's coming out of Lennon's mouth, they'll be going, I don't want anywhere near them. They'll actually be, I'm sorry to say this, looking across the river going, uh, there's a mob that seem to have the house in order. I'd rather go there. And that's the worst part. Like, we're just talking about any real lows. It's, I'll get to the bit in a minute about the parallels between us and Rangers in the space of a year. But it's the fact that any like top player coming to Glasgow now, it's now Rangers or the team to join, not us. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on there. Honestly, I couldn't put it any better myself. Um, they really are the, the attractive prospect, I suppose, now, if you're looking towards the, the two teams in Glasgow as a player. You're right as well with, with the likes of John Joe Kenny. I mean, if he does perform, then it is his own personal game. It's nothing to do with the level of coaching he's receiving. I mean, you think even back to the start of the season with some of the players that did come in, and they've obviously dropped off dramatically since, but I think that's largely due in part to to the coaching they're receiving. They've been Neil Lennon, the likes of, of Ajeti and Laxalt, who, you know, for the first five, six games you saw them, did look like decent footballers and, and now nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I mean, it's quite funny as well. Charlie Nicholas criticised Neil Lennon. I think it was after Ferenc Faros. I mean, he was quite scathing with his attack on Neil Lennon and Neil Lennon, shockingly, took it personally. We kept all our players uh, in the weird October transfer window because of the delayed start to the season and all that. And... Mohamed El Yunusi was signed, Barkas was signed, Ayeti was signed, Turnbull, Duffy, and also Laxal. And out of all those players, it's mad because the official account had them all lined up, just sitting there thinking, what a window. And it was like a dig at Charlie Nicholas, right? But it's just backfired because Neil Lennon has actually managed to mismanage each and every one of those players that we brought in. And the worst part is Charlie Nicholas, who I actually think is a balloon. Is just justified in his criticism of Neil Lennon. Again, it's it's just another real low point this season, isn't it? When we're, we're making Charlie Nicholas out to, to look like this genius that has this great footballing brain. It's it's just an absolute buffoon we've got in the dugout, really, isn't it? That's that's the thing. You look at the, the recruitment in the summer, I mean, most of those players have played at a level. They're clearly not bad footballers, but I mean, as as we've already covered, it's it's Neil Lennon, isn't it? It's his man management. It's the coaching that they're clearly 
receiving or, or not receiving, I suppose, in this case. And um, yeah, no, like like you say, I mean, making Charlie Nicholas sort of vindicated in his criticism of of Celtic's never never a good look, but we've we've managed to to do that again this season. So brilliant! What a miss for Ryan Christie last night. Now. Before I get into this one, Ryan Christie, five goals, 13 assists this season. Nowhere near as terrible as he's made out, but he's a man who takes pelters from the support, especially yourself, and I have no doubt he enjoys a good chocolate drink. But Boys Analytics pointed out that last night he probably was man of the match for us in terms of being our biggest threat, despite the god-awful finishing and despite his frustrating style of play. Do you feel the abuse of Ryan Christie is justified or is it confession time here? Over the top. He definitely looks like he's no stranger to a chocolate drink, Stevie. You're right there. And maybe a wee, wee jacket for the women's section at Zara as well. I remember thinking a while back it, it was a bit over the top, but to be honest, I can understand the frustration. Um, you know, under under Lennon, the first sort of six months of 1920, he was absolutely on fire, but the drop-off since, I mean, despite the numbers that you've given me there, which obviously aren't bad, especially in, in this Celtic team and the way they're performing this season, the drop-off has been been noticeable. And it's the same for most players at this point. I mean, what player can we honestly say has improved under Neil Lennon? What player can we honestly say is performing their best under Neil Lennon? I, I, think, any, I think any criticism of any player right now really is, is a bit over the top, given how badly they're being coached and utilised. This persistence in playing Christie either as a partner to Edward, but also in a team with Rogic and Turnbull, so you've got three number 10s, and they're all just trying to take up the same positions. I, I don't know what his thinking is there, because to me and to anyone watching that, it just seems like common sense that you wouldn't put three number 10s in the same team and you wouldn't start Ryan Christie ahead of a natural striker in that position. That's the uh, bit I was just going to touch on there. Like For all, Ryan Christie was a threat last night and everything. He had a header by the post, he had a shot over the bar, he had that sitter. If you've got a natural striker in there, one of the chances are going to get put away, I'm guessing, the tapping. And again, that's all down to Neil Lennon and that mismanagement. It's absolutely poor, but... I think Ryan Christie's someone who's going to be away at the end of the season. I think as much as a lot of fans won't want to admit it, I think we will miss Ryan Christie, an on-form Ryan Christie, a well-coached Ryan Christie, mm-hmm. that is. And I don't think he's going to be very easy to replace. And again, when it comes to replacing him, I dearly hope it's a different manager because knowing Neil Lennon, he'll, I don't, in fact, I can't even imagine where he'll go to try and replace him because Neil Lennon's not got an eye for a right creative player. Brendan Rodgers did, but Neil Lennon doesn't. Yeah, no, Ed, Edward especially. I mean, he's he's carried Neil Lennon, hasn't he, really, since he came back in February of, what, 2019? Yeah, I, I, I don't trust him. You can't trust him. I don't know how he can come out with comments last night like he did about thinking he's the, the right man for the rebuild. I'm going to just assume that Neil Lennon is winding us up and he's just having a laugh. He's doing the, the offline version of what you do online, to be honest, Monkphone. I'm convinced he might be at this point, to be fair. With Ryan Christie, it is so, so sad to see. I mean, I saw it a couple of days ago, the goal we scored in Copenhagen, which was like one of the a year to a day since it happened. And he cut inside, played a cracking ball to McGregor, but then slipped in odds in Edward. And, you know, those two players nowadays, if Ryan Christie was to cut inside, that's over the stand. Callum McGregor wouldn't even be at the edge of the 18-yard box. He'd be covering the halfway line or something in case of a potential opposition break. And Edward, when they be getting the service, it is 
so so sad to see how backwards we're going and even the club in general spunk phone radio silence again for Celtic who seem to revel in social media glory after a decent result but see when it comes to beating teams we're expected to they love it they love the attention and everything just like anyone don't they but after a loss or a draw total blackout I think it's weird behaviour it's definitely not normal and more importantly it shows no responsibility which has just been a recurring theme all season there's none taken on the pitch after conceding avoidable goal after avoidable goal, especially from set pieces. Um, Neil Lennon has identified it. There's nothing about it. That's fine. That's that's just how it is, apparently. You know, um, there's none taken in the dugout after numerous subs are made. They end up having their shape on the field and executive orders made from the top by Lawwell to like, the social media team not to do anything except wish weird happy birthdays and recycle we are still fighting quotes followed by this same old Lennox Town video that seems to be the same one week upon week I mean I'm getting agitated you can hear it in my voice but it is, <laughs> it is strange isn't it it's just weird weird behaviour it's um the, the real gauge of where we're at probably today was um posting the birthday messages on Instagram rather than Twitter I, I was a bit disappointed with that to be honest because I thought the part of for the Christie one would have been sensational I can understand why they've done it they're just sick of getting ratioed at this point which is you know fair enough Another point for me, they seem to just come out and almost try and antagonise the fans. So maybe radio silence isn't the worst thing at this point. But they've got to come out, you know, not just the social media team, obviously the club as a whole, have got to come out with some sort of a statement ASAP, especially heading into season ticket renewal season with regard to the manager and, and what the plan is here. They keep going on about this. January review, we're nearly into March and we're, we're no further forward with any sort of an update, so I, I just, I, I don't know what their, their thought process is at the moment, to be honest you're, you're right, it is just strange It just seems to have went on forever It's, it's mad, I, I don't know how to, how to explain it properly, but October just felt like March, like we were heading towards the, the end goal of the season, because that's when it felt our season was unravelling, but Amazingly enough, we've not even hit March yet. It's just felt like one horrible, horrible dream. And unfortunately, when you just wake up, man, Neil Lennon's still in charge. Just as a you know, just as a horrible reminder that no, this is very much a fucking reality, man. No, it's, it's really hit me there. Actually, it's it's horrible when you put it like that into it. Just this never-ending nightmare. Here's something else that's even worse. Like, I have realised we are now Rangers nineteen twenty. We are four points worse off than they were last season at this stage, but we've became the team that James Tavernier wrote about in his Hamilton match programme notes in a game that they went on to lose 1-0. He wrote, teams swell blood right away and put us under pressure and we're not good enough to react to that. Their fans were rabid at that. They went mental. We were laughing. We were howling. I couldn't get enough of it. Um, I remember, I think that was like the 5th of March or something, and... I was on the night, I think we might have drew with Livingston, two each, I think it was, and no, you're right enough. even the, even the draw with Livingston, it was like, oh well, who cares, because they lost to Hamilton. We now can't cope with teams getting in our face and showing us no respect, and the alarming thing is, right, their Hamilton 1-0 defeat, that, I think that was their rock bottom moment in the league last year, but see, for us, worryingly, I actually think, as bad as last night was, we have got one more level to sink to before the season's out. And I dread what game that's going to be. We're both thinking the same thing, aren't we? <laughs> we're, we're definitely both thinking the, the same thing here, Stevie. March 21st. Rangers officially stopping the ten at Parkhead. Um, and there's a good chance as well that Lennon, if he is still here for the next eight games, 
could go five defeats in a row against them. So uh, that is the level I, 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 I would be confident in saying that's the level that I think we're going to sink to. For all the abuse that I've dished out towards that Morelos, for him to score the winner at Celtic Park and give them the title. And the thing is, I, at this point, I don't even think they need to win. I think it might just be a draw they need, depending on how the next set of results go. It's seven points to win the league. I think they've got a few games to go. So yeah, they all they need to do is beat Livingston, beat St Mirren, <laughs> and they draw at Celtic Park. And that they are well more than capable of getting a draw. I mean, that is a bare minimum for them now. It would just sum up this season, I think. That's... Honestly, that's, that's all I've got to say about it. If, if it does happen, it would just sum up this season. But I'm at the point, see if that's what it takes for Neil Lennon to be guaranteed to not be in the dugout next season. I, honestly, the absolute apathy I feel right now towards that man, I'd, I'd honestly take it. And I, I know that sounds terrible, and I hope that it doesn't happen. But if it doesn't, it spells the end of Neil Lennon at Celtic forever. No daft paradise windfall draws at half time. No, you know, pals act with Jerry McCulloch on Celtic TV five years from now giving his opinion. I'd, I'd honestly, I'd take it. The only, the only good thing about it, I get into that game actually, is that I was always slightly worried, right? That had we went into that game on, I'm using the new line in air quotes, good form. If we beat, say Ross County, beat Aberdeen, beat Dundee United, that would have been what eight wins in a row. And we were the beginning of that Rangers game. And now if Lennon had won that, that's the moment for me where I've, I've been going, hmm, I reckon this board are seriously going to consider giving him the job for next season after that. Because he would have, you know, he would have been insufferable after that. And I'm, I know we want to see Celtic pummeling Rangers, right? I understand that. We're both Celtic fans. But at the same time, we also have to be pragmatists and accept and realise that... <sighs> Neil Lennon just can't continue and if it does take a horror result like that like we are talking about if it takes one more level we have to sink to before the season's out and that happens to be the game for the board to realise no we have to do what we did in 2016 um, after that semi-final at Hamden we have to go big after it reluctantly yeah I think uh, like you I would take that one you've convinced me didn't take much convincing did it no it did not just like Neil Lennon saying yes I'll take the job and the shivers at Hamden <laughs> anyway let's predict what three things the Celtic social media team will do this week's bunk phone I'm going to say there's a birthday shout out to Stevie Woods who I believe is 51 tomorrow I think there's going to be a four picture quote about still being together and not giving up on Wednesday and I think on Friday it's going to be a press conference with David Turnbull, I think they're going to be that predictable. Well, what about you? Well, unlike yourself, I've, I've not actually done the, the research into Celtic-themed birthdays for this week, so you've you've outdone me there, straight for the straight for the word go. Um, Turnbull getting wheeled out for a press conference is a good shout, so I'm probably going to stick with that one. I'll, I'll steal that from you. I think you're going to get a couple of pictures of Brown laughing in training, probably to go along with that, that four-picture quote, actually. And I think we'll also get some on-this-day content again, probably, that has absolutely no relevance to the game at the weekend. I remember, actually, I don't even know how long ago it was at this point, they posted one It was like a 4-1 or a 4-0 win at Fur Park, I think it was, for about 15 years ago. It had no relevance. It was just like any other SPL game. And they posted it as on this day. And I think it was like right after a defeat as well. Someday I'm sure we'll be able to go back and find it, but... 
it, it really it really worked me into a shoot. I don't I don't get the on this day accounts. I mean, I get certain on this day games and all that, but when it's an on this day account for like a five 0 mall in a Dundee who were already relegated or something, you're like, get a get a grip. I don't know how anybody can genuinely have the energy to do stuff like that every day, but fair play to them, I guess. I mean Celtic are stealing it off them, so what does that say? <laughs> Spunk phone, it's lights out for you at Trollbelo H. I dearly hope Kaz Milligan gives you a pillow party later on with every other account that you've given abuse to to follow up on it. It's going to be like full spunk jacket. What care packages have your loyal followers sent you since you've been in jail? Well, Steve, I've, I've not actually been sent anything yet, which I'm very disappointed with. But for the listeners out there, um, the only thing that they can send me that will give me any happiness these days is more social media clout. Um, so remember to follow me over on Twitter, at Spunk Phone. Um, and for the next seven days, I can be found over at Spunk Telefono, whilst I'm in Troll Block H. Truly, I hope this isn't another huge download for us. It would be an absolute shame for your ego to expand massively. It really would, would it not, Spunkfoot? I, I don't think it can get any bigger at this point, to be honest with you. But I'm, I'm more than happy to put it to the test. I do believe it's lights out for you. So thanks a lot for coming on the show, brother. Pleasure as always, Stephen. Indeed, you can follow Spunkfoot now if you go and listen back two minutes because I'm not reading out that ridiculous at yet again <laughs> but you can follow us at GigPod on Twitter and you can subscribe to us on iTunes Spotify Podcast Addict Google Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts just in even Stitcher now as well well everywhere cheers for listening hail hail Podcast Network.